Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of March 6. This is season three, episode six, and we are just wrapping up the first Sunday of Lent. Anne, how are you and how was your week? Hi, Haley. Happy Lent. Yes, uh, this week we will talk about Lent, and I'm curious to hear a little bit in the spiritual stew about um, an acronym that you've applied for to serve as your Lenten theme. I will be talking a little bit about International Women's Day coming up this week, how we'll be celebrating that at school. It looks like uh, your son was on retreat. I will be on retreat this week. What a great time to be on retreat. And we'll continue to talk about some takeaways, some hacks for our spiritual life during this holy season. Let's start with retreat. What a great time for a retreat, Haley. As a parent, what do you see as meaningful about a retreat experience for a young person? So for me, I, you know, of course I have two boys. They both now have gone on their retreats at their high schools. Um, Edward just returned from his senior retreat this weekend. So retreats at St. Joe are, they vary from year to year. So the freshman year, they do it on campus during the school week. Sophomore year, they go off campus, but it's just a day during the week. Junior year is, is the hallmark retreat, they would say. It's three days it is in a smaller group. You know, this is a class of about 250 boys. They probably take 30 at a time. They do it throughout the year. They go away. It's three days. It's it's really the, I don't want to say the capstone, but if someone asked you what's the most important retreat, most of them would say junior retreat. And then senior retreat is done over a weekend, and it's the only one that's mandatory. Excuse me. It's the only one that's voluntary. So not all seniors have to go. Now, the school make sure that there are no other school events, there's no sporting events, there's no practices, there's nothing scheduled that weekend so everyone can go. And they had a really nice turnout this weekend. They had about half the class that was there, which was a lot more than when my son went. But you asked what, what you know, as a parent, what do I want out of it? I have to say the best thing for me was having a son who really wanted to go I mm-hmm. I appreciate him going with an open mind and an open heart and looking forward to it. They take their phones away, so they're they have no communication or any sort of social media. They are really unplugged in many ways. And and then the next best part about having a child go on retreat is when they come home reinvigorated. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure we, we've been, for those of us who have been on retreat, we know what that feels like, right? You're exhausted because you've been up late, but you are, your your faith is renewed, your conviction in terms of who you want to be is invigorated. And to, to see that behavior in him when he came home today was, it, it just, it made me happy that he went into it with such an open heart and mind and then got so much out of it when he came home. So I think that's what we all want. I I do agree Lent is a great time to go on retreat. It's such a busy time right now, but for those of us who can take the time to do it, I, a multi-day retreat is important, I think. One day is a, a wonderful time to reflect, but I think you really do have to check out for a few days. So I'm glad to hear that your retreat will be will be multiple days as well. 
Yes, we, this is the first time I've gone on senior retreat at St. Francis. I often believe, I've often said that I think the senior retreat, now Kairos is the name of it mm-hmm. at St. Ignatius and many high schools throughout the country. It is done both senior and junior year is one of the most important things that as a school community we offer. And I hope to feel that way about the senior retreat. I haven't been on one, like I said, but I've seen students after they go on them. I see the faculty. There is a reinvigoration that Holy Spirit is alive. I think that's so wonderful for young people to have that experience, the grace of God. So I'm excited. I um, will be a witness to what it is that we experience. I don't really have any expectations other than, and that's good. We, we're supposed to get out of the way and let God be present and help young people make this space for that. So yes, cell phones, social media gone. There is considerable time for silence and it's good to unplug. So we'll see. TBD. And how neat for you to be on the other side of it, right? To be part of that yeah. experience for these young people. I'll be curious, you know, with what you're willing to share next week when we connect again to hear what that experience is like for you. I, I know hearing Edward's conversations and he doesn't share much and I don't expect him to yeah. and, and and don't think they should, you know, that's a, it's part of yeah. the brotherhood right. of, of being there. But I do know that the adults who are there make me- very meaningful connections, especially with seniors there. Yes. You, you never want to blur the lines between the teacher, teacher student relationship ever but there there can really be some some sharing that goes on that just is it becomes a little different uh, when you're on retreat. So I, I think you'll get out of a lot of it as well. So we'll certainly be thinking of us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So and um, you're right. It is a busy time of year. And as you were saying that, I was thinking of all the different things. I mean, last week, our subject line was Ash Wednesday, I mean, Mardi Gras, Ash Wednesday, Lent. This week, we have Lent, but everything else that goes with it, Lent is underway. And it's also on March 8th, International Women's Day. I have read that March is international, it's Women's History Month. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. I don't know if you know any of the history of Women's History Month, but we will be celebrating this day by commemorating 50 years of Title IX at St. Francis. Oh, so, that's exciting. Yeah, I thought you might appreciate that. I heard a speaker, Nancy Lazenby Blazer, at the beginning of the year uh, meeting for all athletic directors for Central Coast Section. She gave a talk on the history and significance of Title IX. She showed a picture of her mother-in-law from the 20s as a student at Notre Dame in San Jose in what appeared to be a uniform, but it was a uniform for athletics. And that was the starting point way before Title IX, because women were playing sports before Title IX, as we know. But Title IX is a federal amendment that allowed for the equal funding and support of programs, not just athletic programs, but programs for women in education, women in athletics. And the impact of that is the continued growth of our sports programs. So in addition to her talk, we will have a student who's a four-year varsity athlete. She's just a total... She's just such a great athlete and a fun athlete to watch. She will give a personal testimonial about what it means to her to be a student athlete. And then three kind of, I don't want to call it a panel because they're not sitting and they're not responding to each other, but respondents. One is a, and I also thought you'd appreciate this. It's a male water polo player because we thought it would be important not to leave men out of the conversation and the contributions 
water polo is a sport that's played by both boys and girls. Mm -hmm. They share the pool. They watch each other's games. He has been an outspoken advocate of the girls' water polo team. So he was the perfect person to speak about that. Second, we will have a coach who coaches girls soccer, but played soccer herself at Santa Clara. She was also on the football team. She was the kicker on the football team. So she'll be speaking. And then our principal will round it out. She was a D1 athlete. She played soccer at St. Francis and at Cal Berkeley. So it's great to have an administrator, but so many women in leadership were athletes and it's important for young people to hear that. So Please pray for the success of our event. That is amazing. I I love that. And of course, with my boys going to an all boys school, I wonder if it will even be addressed there because it should. You're right. It's um, that's that's interesting. And I love that you're celebrating it in such a meaningful way. I also think it's worth noting that there are so many former athletes who do go into leadership positions, whether they played in high school or college. That is, we know that about sports, but it would be interesting. I'm sure there are studies out there of what sports teach you in terms of of leadership skills and how that can be translated into the real world for sure. Yeah. That's great. Looking forward to that event this Tuesday. So yeah, we'll add that to our mix of of busy items in the week. Right. So will you, so do you leave for a retreat after the day? So that will be in the morning and then after school we'll head out on retreat and so it'll be yeah it'll be um it'll be a busy time so that is a busy week yeah well we'll be praying for that successful event uh we will also be praying for those who are on retreat i will be saying my own prayers this week the other thing that comes with lent and springtime of course is the the time honored whatever you want to call it. Many college students think it's a rite of passage, but spring break trips. So my older son is on spring break and he is enjoying warmer weather. He is with his roommates. I'm sure they're having a good time. It's spring break, college spring break's a little different when you're a parent. It's it's a little, for concern. A, a little more worry than it than and then a lot you know than it is fun. But he's I'm sure having a good time. He's checked with, in with us every day. I'm lucky in that sense. I I feel like in fact I was just talking to my husband about it today. How grateful I am that we do have a relationship with our kids where they respect and understand that hey you know what we just want you to check in with us once a day. Yeah. Let us know you're there. Let us know everything's okay. And he has. That's smart. So I I do feel fortunate about that. But in addition to be praying and, you know, praying for you and praying for those who are on retreat, I I am praying for all parents and college students who are away on spring break. And it's, it might seem silly, but when you're the parent of a college student, I think everyone understands. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we also have this Friday off and Monday is a in-service day. So it's a small break. Easter is later this year, mm-hmm. as we know. Um, an easy way to remember that is because Ash Wednesday was later. But it is something I'm looking forward to, just having a small break. And I'm excited because a, form, a good friend, I mean, not a, you know, not a good friend, but a friend who's become a better friend over the years, uh, a man who was here behind me at Notre Dame, who's a writer, Tom Coyne, has found real success as a golf writer. He will be speaking at the Olympic Clubs Friday for a fireside chat, as we call it, 
about his latest book, A Course Called America. Tom's first book, well, he has several, but his first one was walking the perimeter of Ireland with his golf bag and playing over 40 courses. Then he wrote a book, A Course Called Scotland. And now he did not walk the course of the United States. He did not walk to all these courses. I am picking up the book from the library tomorrow because I will be introducing him at the event. But I'm excited just to hear somebody, one of our peers who's had tremendous success because you think about like to make it as a writer these days, this is people are like, what's his job? I said, no, no, his job is writing and promoting his book. He's on a book tour. It's Simon and Schuster. It's not a small publisher. He's the editor of the golf journal and he was incredibly talented as an undergrad, but he has, he has so many fans. The event sold out. I mean, it's super exciting. So He's part of our mini spring break. <laughs> that That is great. And you're right. It is um, students and teachers do need a break. This has been not even just a tough year. It's been a tough two years for most people, but I think in particular in education, many families or many colleges and, and families and schools didn't have spring break last year. So for some college students, they That's powered true. straight through. And but they do need a break. It's so I, I I'm glad you're getting a mini break this weekend. Yes, absolutely. So tell me, let's um, let's see what's cooking for our spiritual stew. You have something really interesting, Haley, and I look forward to trying to practice it this week. So thank you. I I was all set, and I still am. I haven't given up on it. Last week we talked about Pope Francis's uh, his idea of fasting, and I had shared that and read that. And, and I will still stick with that. But it was it seemed like a lot. I was still willing to tackle it, but there was a lot to that that reading that I shared. And then I mass on Ash Wednesday last week up at St. Joe, I heard something that I hadn't heard before. I don't know if they made it up, but a, it was it is the Lenten theme up at Mount St. Joseph High School in Baltimore, where my son goes. And the Lenten theme there is change. It is an acronym, C-H-A-N-G-E, and it stands for commitment, humility, almsgiving, navigate, gratitude, and examine. And they challenged us, everyone, to take one of those in the six weeks of Lent and focus on one of those words during that week. And okay. I thought, that seems a little more manageable for me than to look and read everything that, that Pope Francis was asking yeah. us. I'm still going to try to do that. I still read it every day. So I have I have the charge from Pope Francis. But I think through that, the, the Pope Francis words, I will view through the lens of each of these themes per week. So this first week, this is our first full week that we're moving into, the first full week of Lent. And the, this week's word or challenge is commitment. So my, my focus will be commitment. What have I committed to this Lent? I have mm -hmm. committed to not having desserts, and I have not. It's only been five days, six days, but I still haven't done it. But it's also a commitment to my faith. It's a commitment to making sure that I read the words of Pope Francis every day. It is a commitment to making sure that I read the gospel every morning, to read that reflection so my, my focus this week is a real commitment to looking at what Lent means for me and making That's sure great. that I'm doing that. 
Yeah, what a wonderful invitation. I like the way it's broken down. Just hearing, you know, six words, because when you said each one, I liked each, I like what each one is calling us to, but I thought, I can't remember all those things at once. So the emphasis on one per week is a thoughtful way to do that. Now, in today's homily, our pastor talked about the East, like Lent and Easter season together and framed it as 90 days. And I knew that the Easter season was 50 days. You know, the joy trumps the sacrifice, 50 trumps 40. But then thinking about this 90-day period, so, you know, there's 40 days leading up to Easter, but then there's 50 days celebrating and thinking about that. It was just a different way of framing it. And he also talked about the symbolism of the 40 days, 40 days of, you know, that Moses in the desert or the 40 years of the Israelites in the desert, Moses or Elijah, somebody fasted for 40 days, this theme of 40. And then obviously Jesus, that was today's gospel in the desert for 40 days. So this ongoing theme, the symbolism of 40 commit to that 40 days, go for it. Yes. So start a good place to start for the week. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, it. I, I agree. I also really appreciate, you know, it's a little bit like what you and I have talked about going to mass at Notre Dame. We loved dorm masses. I tend to call it academic mass. It's one of the reasons that I enjoy going to mass here at the Naval Academy, at the Naval Academy Chapel with mm-hmm. the the Catholic chaplain that they have. It it They tend to, and, and maybe this is just not what I've found yet in a parish in the places that I've lived. But I have found oftentimes that mass and academic settings are very teaching focused in a way that at least makes it very easy for me to follow or to um, relate to, I guess. I, yeah. I always miss, I think I said this last year, I say it every year, I, I always miss working at a Catholic school during the major Catholic Christian holidays. You know, I, I work in an Episcopal school right now. I love it. I wouldn't change where I work, but I do really miss mm. during these holy days of obligation, maybe being at a Catholic school where we come together as a professional community in a spiritual way as well. Yeah. And there's such a I don't know if the word is like, I mean, I keep saying invitation, but I've noticed, for example, I went to dinner with a friend on Friday night who's very devout. He had gone to mass and he was going to go to the stations later. We went and got pizza and it's not even a question about not eating meat. It's who we are. It's what we do. And it's so nice how it's supported. And in a Catholic school, there is a certain amount of support where I don't necessarily have to explain myself. It just takes that off. Now, I heard something very interesting from Akeem Olajuwon, who is a very devout Muslim NBA basketball player, retired. And he was talking about his spiritual practice during Ramadan, where you do not eat, you do not drink from sunrise to sunset. And he said, it is not a choice. It's not a choice. If you are a devout Muslim, it's not a choice. And it was such an interesting twist on how he framed it, because part of being Catholic today is always this notion of choosing, so to speak. But he linked it with identity and understanding of self and what that means. And it wasn't arrogant. It didn't put me off. It was, this is who we are and this is what we do. Right. That's interesting. It was really thoughtful 
to hear it from him. And he said he played better. And I have all these basketball players in my class. So I love, I just love watching their reactions. He's like, you know, I played better because my stomach wasn't digesting all this food and like, you know, working around that. I just had way more energy on the court to give to the game than my intestines working through the chicken, you know, it's funny. So, Oh, that is fun. So now, Anne, I have a question for you because this is something I think about all the time during Lent. I thought about it this weekend. So of course, as we, I have said before, one of my favorite gospels is what is read you know this is the ash wednesday gospel where you talk about your right hand not knowing what your left hand is doing and when we're fasting we should still dress nicely and i just i love it i always have i look forward to hearing it every year i went out to so of course i gave up desserts for lent we went out to dinner with a house guest we have in town on saturday night and i was asked six or seven times throughout the course of the meal by our wait staff, by someone else who was waiting on our table, if I wanted dessert. Do you want dessert? Do you want dessert? Do you want dessert? We had stopped to get, my husband wanted to stop and pick up these particularly delicious cookies so that we had them at home. He said, should we go pick these up? I said, great. We got them. And then I didn't want to have one. And so I struggle sometimes with saying, okay, but I gave up desserts for Lent, right? I wanted to tell our waitresses and the yes. literally the three yeah. people at the restaurant who kept out, because of course I'm there with two men and I'm of course not eating the dessert. And then I feel yeah. like this woman yes. who's not eating dessert. Yeah. So I, I felt like I wanted to say, oh no, I gave it up for Lent, but that's not what yeah. the gospel on Ash Wednesday tells you. So, but I also feel like as we wear ashes as an outward sign of our faith, Yes. Is it wrong to share what I'm doing that is an outward sign of my faith? I, I struggle with that because yep. I don't, Yeah. I I just, I, I'm not quite sure what the answer is. And, yeah. and so yeah. I think about it all the time when I get asked, but I also yeah. don't want to say, oh, I don't want to be the, the Catholic or the Christian that says, oh yeah, I gave that up for Lent. That's not fun to hear all the time either. Uh, so I'm, I haven't quite figured I haven't quite figured out where I'm comfortable sharing yeah, yeah, and not sharing yeah. and what I'm supposed to do or not. Yeah. So first of all, for our audience, I would like to point out um I am really wondering how many favorite gospel passages you have, Haley. So No, it's just that one. <laughs> I love it. You're always like, this is one of my favorites and one of my favorites. <laughs> And I mean it like as a, you know, endearing, like you are enthusiastic about the word uh, many times. So yes, and it is true. It is something we've talked about because it is read on Ash Wednesday. But part of me always just smiles when you're like, it's one of my, it's my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the, let's, I think, I mean, I love your question. What a great question. What a great lesson for all of us. What does the gospel say? Then let's use that as our answer. Part of the problem is the self-promotion, this, the hypocrite. Jesus is, uh, he is tough against one group and one group only people who say one thing and do the other. Right. And that is the issue there. If you say it and then you don't do it. So that is, it's not that I'm a hypocrite because last night was my friend's birthday and I did bring cupcakes and I did have a cupcake. So you could call me a hypocrite, but I thought I'm the host. I'm bringing it. I'm going to have one. Um, My roommate had brownies in our kitchen and I said, I will not, I can't have one because I I gave them up. So I'm trying to just mentally navigate all this. Right. But 
I do think it's important to bear witness to who we are and to what we do. And it's not in a way that's flashy or showy. That's what it says. You're not blowing the trumpet, sounding the horn. Look at me, people. It's more a fact. I gave this up. And I think about my friend, Eileen, who went to a friend's birthday dinner. They were serving meat. But of course, in the Bay Area are many places. People are so accommodating towards dietary needs. And the man said, oh, are you a vegetarian? Or does your son not eat meat? And she said, no, we don't eat meat during Lent. And appreciated, noted, that's who they are. That's what we do. Yes. Just Elijah one. Everybody knew during Ramadan, because he's a Muslim and a devout one, that's what he does. It's not flashy. It's not showy. It's a matter of fact. And he's doing it. So I love that question in the context you put it in. I think the answer is you can't tell people or whatever you're comfortable with. Right. So. And and maybe that's that's what I need to figure out is why why am I not comfortable with it? Why am mm-hmm. I not comfortable with what I'm sharing or not sharing? Yeah. That's probably the bigger question because it's it it's clearly my own issue. But mm. sorry, I'll that I'll need to chew on that a little bit. Well, yes, that's a good thing to chew on. It could be, you know, humility might be part of it. You don't, you know, don't want to broadcast what it is that we do. No, but I'm also very proud of the fact that I'm Catholic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. or Christian. Yeah, yeah. And so I yeah, don't yeah. want to, Yeah, I don't want to deny my faith in that sense as well. You know, and maybe more people need to own it and just, and it, I know so many people who I've grown up with that forget about meat on Fridays and they, I say to them, oh, I, well, I'm not eating meat. And they're like, oh, I totally forgot you know, and it might behoove some people to hear that more often. Uh, right. right. I don't know. It's a thought. That is a thought. All right. I'll remember that. Yeah. So I too have struggled. So I am giving up sweets. As you know, I failed. I mean, I don't, I don't see it it's as a not failure. A failure. It was a choice on my part. <laughs> and I talked to my students about the giving up because I do appreciate the spiritual battle that goes on. I think it's really important to engage with that. When we give up something, it's sometimes some days are easy, but there's times where it's not good. And I said, you know, I will lose at times. And I said, please ask me how I I told my students, I said, ask me how it's going. I don't mind. I want to talk about this because it's not, it's not easy. It is a habit that I have and I enjoy treats. So it is a small sacrifice, but I also want to do something. And I've, felt a call to kind of pray the rosary. I haven't done that yet, but I am, I already watch him, but I'd like to share with our audience. Matthew Kelly, once again, is just crushing it. (laughs) He has two videos during Lent for Dynamic Catholic. The first one is about his book, The Generosity Habit. And it's just so many different ways we can be generous. It's very creative. It's uplifting. It's thoughtful. I'm considering reading like two of them a day to my students because I think they're so great. The other message he has is the difficult teachings of Jesus. So he takes some of Jesus's teachings that are challenging and unpacks them. For example, when Jesus says, do not worry. Well, what person doesn't worry? And why is it that we worry? And well, you know, like you said, what's at the bottom of this? So he unpacks that. So I appreciate that. I'm listening to those every day. But kind of a small, thoughtful story that came out of the generosity habit, because as much as I read, I swear, I wonder how much sometimes sticks. There are things that I, I like uh, short stories or things I've read and I'm like, did I miss like so many ideas? But this 
is sticking for me. One of the ways was to save a voicemail from a good friend, from a friend, and just save it. You don't know when you're going to need it. And then he tells the story about a voicemail he had saved. And um, this man was married and he died. And his Matthew played the voicemail for the wife, you know, maybe three, six months later. And she was so touched to hear it because obviously she wasn't privy to the voicemail before. But she said, you know, it's hard. Sometimes I feel like I'm forgetting his voice. I don't want to, you know, lose his voice. And it reminded me, I had, when I was a child, a Fisher-Price tape recorder. And we used to use it to, like, tape songs on television. Like, for example, I loved the theme of Greatest American Hero. So I would go up to the TV and tape the song. Or I interviewed my grandmother when I was very little. And I asked her a couple of questions. And I realized I still have the tape. And my mom will talk infrequently about how she misses her mom, my grandmother. And I thought, you know, we haven't, because cassette decks, we don't listen to tapes anymore, right? Right. But I can convert it to an MP3 file or to a CD. So I'm not joking. I'm taking the, the research to get the tape onto a CD for my mom. And I listen to classical music on my computer. The song that's coming through was Danny Boy, which is the unofficial theme, you know, national song of Ireland. My grandmother was from Ireland. So it was just like such an incredible moment. I cannot wait to share the tape with my mom for her to hear her own mom's voice. Would I have done that if I hadn't read that thing on generosity? Doubt it. That's where prayer can move us. And so I am just so excited. And I got a copy from my brother and sister because in the in what she talks about, she just says, I love aunt. She says, I love Mark and Sarah very much. So I think they'll appreciate you. That's that. amazing. That's really neat. And yeah. don't you think it might've been your grandmother who just happened to pull that song up and play it for no. you on your computer? I do. Yes. She, she's been a force in my life. Like I always say I'm alive because of her. When I had my heart event, I actually walked by their house before the event. And I called my mom and I said, Hey, I just walked my grandma's house. And I, I do think she protected me because she probably protected me because she was protecting my mom. If anything had happened to me, my mom would not make it, you know, for parents, just things to happen to their children are very difficult. And right. my mom wouldn't have made it. So. Okay. I so do. when are you giving it to her? Now I want to hear that. Yeah, well, we'll have to, that'll be a, hopefully a, a future episode. Okay, well, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast and have the surprise ruined for no, her. No, there's no threat of that. <laughs> okay, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should redact that, retract that, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> but no, so. That, that is, I remember, that's awesome. That, that's, that's really neat. I, I just looked up the book. It looks like it hasn't been released yet. Do you, is it, do you have a preview of it? Oh, really? The generosity have it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it's a hard copy. That's interesting. Maybe it's just from, I don't totally understand dynamic Catholic publishing because they publish so many books. I don't. So maybe it's just on Amazon that it it's not available. Yeah. That could be. Yeah. It comes through them. They, I don't, yeah, they are prolific in their publishing yeah no that's perfect looks like it's pre-order you can pre-order it and it'll be released on march 15th so it's coming oh okay 
Ah, the Ides of March. Okay. But I, I can think of some people who would need to hear the read that. And I think I would enjoy it as well. Yeah, it's great. It's just like a daily, you know, almost like a daily devotional where you're just reading. I read maybe four at a time and it has a quote at the bottom and it will say generosity is creative. And then it talks like examples of how generosity is creative and not so that's a good commitment. That is for a good our, commitment. Our takeaways. Any other takeaways for us this week, Haley? My takeaway, I, I think commitment is a big one. If I can commit to something in my faith every day, if I can commit to no sweets, that hasn't been hard yet. It, if I can commit to being honest about myself and my faith sometimes I or humble in it sometimes I like to think I'm doing a good job and that's not a good way to be that I I need to work on that probably so it's a commitment to just being very honest with myself <laughs> moving through this Lent and knowing that I am flawed I you know uh -huh. yeah so it's I don't want to yeah. I don't ever want to think I'm doing a good job because I do think that sometimes, and that's not what Pope Francis is asking us to do either. So can you just unpack that a little bit? I'm curious. So what what's the danger in that? Well, it, it because yeah. I think any time there's pride there, or, yeah. it's, or you, I'm doing a good job, what else do I need to do? Sometimes if you think you're doing a good job, there's not much more. Uh, sometimes at, at resting on your laurels, I think. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I think some of the reasons I don't like to tell people that I've given up sweets or that I haven't had sweets is, is, uh, is to say, look at me, I haven't had my sweets yet, or I am able to do this. I, mm. I don't ever yeah, want to feel like I don't mm. have more work still to do. Yeah. Because I probably have more work. I know I have more work than I realize. And that is a flaw of mine is looking introspectively and, and looking at my flaws and recognizing them so that I can address them. So it's, yeah. it's a commitment to myself during Lent to mm -hmm. make sure that mm -hmm. I stay humble in knowing that I am not always doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a wise to self-possess for anybody, for all of us. Uh, I know you're somebody that does work really hard, that seeks excellence. And so it's natural to think that, but sometimes the context of faith is is different. Um, one thing I'm committed to this week, just because I had an invitation to do it, and it's something that you've talked about this before, slowed down or we will be slowed down. I just, as much as I can, I'm trying to slow down. It is not easy, but unless I slow down, it's very hard for God to get into my life. And I don't want that. I don't want to live a life where, you know, even God's knocking at the door. I want that to be part of my ethos and who I am. So whether or not it's slowing down literally after this podcast to just kind of read or relax for a little bit, but also slow down with students or, you know, I'm on retreat this week, so that's going to be easy, but <sighs> slowing down is a frame of mind too. I think it's a mindset. Uh, abs absolutely. And 
I I am envious of you. That's another that's another sin there for me <laughs> that I can address at some point this week. But I I maybe maybe envy is the wrong word. I am excited for you that you're going on retreat. That would yep. be that and and maybe that I'm just I'm glad you're going. I okay. I would love that. Um I do have spring break coming up, so I do have a little bit of a break. But I'm glad you have that retreat right now. And when's your when's your spring break? Is it the 14th? It is week? the fourth. Yeah, it's the following week. Okay. Good. Well, we'll talk about that to... next weekend. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. Well, thank you. So, Thanks and for... we will be we will be praying for you this week, and for those of the students who are on retreat with you. But for you, it's uh, again going on retreat as a facilitator is is just as meaningful i think can be as going on a retreat as a student so we'll keep those in mind i hope you do take time to slow down maybe leave your phone at home or if you have to if the students have to give up their phones maybe you do too uh that yeah. would be something that would be good for me as this afternoon my oh. son and husband and i were all looking at our iPhones and comparing I didn't even realize there was a setting on your phone that would tell you how many hours a day you spend on it and how many minutes you spend on each app. So I know how much time I spend connected and boy, if I could get a fraction of that time back and take time to relax and reflect and make a commitment to my faith and myself and being a better person, it it wouldn't take much time if I would just put down my phone. So hopefully you're able to disconnect a little bit. It's hard to do that as, any, as the adult. We find it's almost like adults find more reasons to have their phone than sure. young people, right? So yes. there is definitely an invitation there. Really, thank you. So lots of prayers all around. Lots of commitments to ourselves. Prayers for, lots of- for people of Ukraine as we continue. Yes. To hope and pray for people in that part of the world. Absolutely. We, of course, are still praying for them and, and, for, and for peace and for hope and for safety. You got it. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too, Haley.